Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. It's brilliant. No! It's just dumb. All right, here we go. <clears throat> uh, let's try that again. All right, here we go. It's episode 160 of How We Seize It. We're going to tackle the Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which is a, an interesting title. Like it, They had to throw that Knives Out uh, in there because they were afraid people uh, wouldn't know that it was attached to it. Or you That's know. fair, yeah. I mean, they want to get they want to get people to remember that one because that one was really um, an unexpected hit when it came out but it has a had, has an odd title it doesn't really reference anything except something within the movie um, you know I, I heard that it, it was um, there, and then this this goes along with Glass Onion that he's using uh, music uh, song titles because um, Glass Onion is a Beatles song right? and uh, Knives Out was oh there's a band out there that has a Knives Out song it's like um it's a it's a current pop culture type band. I can't think of the name. But I don't know. I I heard a lot of people reference it, and so they're they're speculating on like, well, is the next one going to be a, a a music reference too, and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know what they can't do, and I, I only bring this up because we've talked. I've talked about my frustration with renaming stuff after they come out with a sequel, whereas like Raiders <laughs> Lost Ark became Indiana Jones right. and the Raiders Lost Ark. <laughs> they can't call this one. They can't rename the original one "Knives Out" a "Knives Out Mystery," so they've kind of <laughs> like they've they've, they've right. lost that opportunity. So true. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see if I can figure out uh, the name from the band. Um, oh, jeez, I'll find it. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm uh, <laughs> one of your hosts, Noah. Um, I'm here with my main man, Steve. How you doing, Steve? I am very good. How are you doing? I am. I'm doing okay. Uh, you see how I, I did that? I threw it right back at you. You know. You did. You did. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, uh, oh, "Knives Out" is a Radiohead song. Oh, okay. There you so, go. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm doing okay. Uh, trying to trying to stay dry. We got we got the crazy uh, uh, winter storm hitting us. The the uh, oh, what they call it? And something river when it's like traveling through the clouds. Uh, there's a name for it. But we're uh, California is getting hammered right now with with rain for the last couple of days and and coming up apparently tonight and through the next tomorrow, another big storm. Yeah, ever since our last podcast on Monday, I I took off and went on a road trip with my brother along the coast of uh, California, and we were kind of chasing it at times. We stayed at Big Sur. That was a little treacherous when we were driving along <laughs> Highway One um, along those cliff sides with in, in the weather. But uh, the next day when it really hit hard, when instead of going down the one, we kind of looped up and around the 101 because then we were heading over to Paso Robles area. And, and there were a few times where it was coming down pretty crazy, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. So far, it seems most of the, the big storms have hit us at night, so haven't really, you know, seen them as much. Uh, did get a little bit of thunder and lightning the other night. I love it. I, I'm I'm all about it. Uh, my wife and kids, not so much. My dogs definitely don't care for it. Um, but we had one of the longest thunder strikes or, you know, thunder rumbles. 
uh, <laughs> that I've ever, I, it's, I swear to God, it went on for at least a minute. It just really just going and going. I was like, damn, that's cool. And that, and then I fell asleep and didn't hear anymore. So, <laughs> and I can sleep through a train wreck. So, uh, I was sleeping through all that. Um, here on How We Season, one of the things we like to do is we uh, create a cocktail or find a cocktail that we pair with this, with a movie or show that we're watching. And this week, we're, we're tackling Glass Onion. So I'm sure Steve came up with a, an impressive drink for you guys today. And I, and I got one that I'm pretty proud of. So nice. Uh, I want to hear what you got. Well, one thing that's kind of cool about this movie, when you watch it, they actually do their own uh, drink pairing. You know, when, when Miles comes out <laughs> right. and he hands off the drinks, it's, he, you know, he, he pairs the drink with every person. They go, you got your, yep. your Cuban Breeze, your Lag, Lagavulin 16, your room temperature white, which I believe is a, a Pinot Grigio and, and a whiskey soda for, uh, for our, um, our hero in disguise, I guess you might say. Right, right. Um, and, um, but anyway, I, uh, I pulled out my drink from just, I, I really enjoy, um, Benoit Blanc, or however Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc, um, <laughs> and um, the, the performance, his southern drawl, his the, the way he kind of overacts, the way he yeah, bumbles yeah. around and stuff like that. But one of the one of his uh, his reactions, he has some interesting reactions. Uh, he sometimes, <laughs> what do he sometimes? What, what, there was one where he actually said Halle Berry or something like that is kind of an exclamation. Which oh <laughs> yeah, there was. I do remember some of those. Yeah. Uh, now that you talk about it, that's funny. But one yeah, of his, come on. yeah, one of one of his one of his classics, which is kind of a classic Southern um, exclamation, is when he says "fiddlesticks." And so right. I, I said, "There's got to be a fiddlesticks cocktail." And I looked it up, and I found a, a recipe for one with ingredients I didn't have. Uh, something new that was new to me, uh, which is a plum brandy. It's uh, uh, called uh, Slivovic is the pronunciation, the spelling it has uh, an L, a J, a couple of V's. I mean, it, it do doesn't quite uh, work out if you were to just try to pronounce it phonetically. So I, I went to I went to the YouTubes and I said, you know, how do you pronounce this? And, you know, right, right. And, and this is what it was explained to me, Slivovic. So anyway, it's got uh, one ounce of plum brandy, this Slivovic. Um, which I found at Bottle Barn. I was excited to find that in the brandy section. Um, calls for two ounces of red wine. I chose a Malbec just because it's uh, my daughter's daughter's favorite. Uh, one of the one of the grapes for our uh, Bordeaux, which I think I, I talked about one of our podcasts. Um, and anyway, two ounces of soda water too. Simple. Look, you put it in a wine glass. It looks like wine, but uh, it's going to have a little yeah. like brandy. <laughs> a little bit so of this, kick to it. This is uh, my fiddlesticks, you know, in nice. as, a, as a nod to Benoit Blanc. Right. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, he, he did. I his his accent was very interesting. And it's one of those <laughs> ones is like uh, someone someone in another podcast mentioned it, that it's in the very beginning. It's very, very jarring. You're almost like it, it's so off that you're kind of like, what the hell? And you pay attention. And then as the show goes and as the movie goes, it just slides into being normal. Like you quit paying attention to it, it's like it just it 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 just becomes what it is. But in the very beginning, when you first talking, you're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't so. seem like he. I mean, he, he he he's overacting with that accent, but it just plays well with the character, and uh, <laughs> and some of the oh, some of does. the things he has to say just are delivered so so with so much uh, 
Panaz and and uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up making up some words like Miles if I'm if I'm not nice. If I'm not. Uh, I always careful. do. <laughs> I always do. So I mean, it just it. You know, I I hope that doesn't mean I'm a Miles uh, in that case. Uh, I just uh, but I do end up making up my own words sometimes. Or, or actually, maybe not making them up, but I mispronounce things for sure. Yeah. Uh, the director Ryan Johnson um, was talking about Daniel Craig's character and, and one of the ideas was uh with uh Benoit Blanc is he was going to have a different accent each movie because uh we had Knives Out uh and then this one and there's at least one more and he was thinking about doing that just just to kind of with no explanation yeah just having them total different and I was like that's kind of cool uh but they decided to go with stay with this one just because it worked out so well in the beginning and it really worked out in this one too yeah I, I thought that was a, a clever idea but uh but I'm glad they stuck with the the same yeah. character all right, for my drink, I uh, I kind of was scrambling around um, trying to find uh, what I wanted to do. I you know it's there's not a lot of glass onion cocktails, and I was like, well maybe I'll find something with an onion in it, and you know most of those were pretty bland. Uh, bland and and but what I did find was a it was an explanation of all the drinks and and like you said the the paired. Uh, cocktails that he made for the characters and you read them off. I had a sheet and I, I actually <laughs> had them with me. So I'm glad you had them off. Well, th those are hand. the four that he says as he's handing them out. But yeah. I remember, I know yours is based on one. I don't think they ever describe, right? So they didn't yeah. describe this one, but uh, some sleuths on the internet figured out and, and by looking at it and just figuring out what it looked like and, and, and what it could be, they decided that uh, Duke's drink, which is uh, John Batista's uh, character or Dave Batista. I don't know why I said John Dave Batista's uh, character, Duke, uh, had an old fashioned and one of the guys like yeah because he's that kind of guy that you know he, he, he needs to have that sugar in there because he, he's not a real enough man to just drink it straight and I was like damn that's me I like that <laughs> so uh, so I was like right off the bat I was like okay so it's probably an old-fashioned because it it basically just had the the rocks glass or the tumbler with a little bit of ice the the amber liquid with an orange peel right I mean that that's your classic old-fashioned yep. and so um, I was like perfect I'm, I'm gonna go with an old-fashioned and one of them even mentioned that that they uh, show a bottle of uh, bullet bourbon. They do, uh, yes, yeah. And so I was like, perfect. I got a big-ass Costco-sized bottle of uh, bullet bourbon, you know, <laughs> just because last time I was in there, and I, I like bullets, so I was oh, like, yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's a great so I, budget <laughs> budget bourbon. I mean, it's for, for, for what you're paying, you get a really good bourbon. Yeah. So, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to tweak this a little bit, and I, I came up with a drink based off this old-fashioned, and I call it the Death of Duke. <laughs> and what it is is it's that plain old-fashioned with just a little bit of pineapple, right? Because yeah. that's what ends up killing him is the, is the pineapple. And uh, I love pineapple, and so I figured what what – what way to make this better than to add a little bit of pineapple. So I do your basic old fashioned, two ounces of the bullet bourbon, uh, a little bit of, uh, I did a bar spoon of uh, sugar cause I didn't have a sugar cube. Uh, some uh, dash of bitters. I went kind of heavy on the dash of bitters, a uh, little bit of water, about half ounce of water, muddle that up, stir it all up, uh, pour your bourbon over it, mix it all up, give it the, the essence of the li uh, lemon, or I'm sorry, orange peel, which uh, I think this is the first time I've done orange peel. Uh, so I went and got an orange, got it all cut up, did the little essence. It did the whole little <laughs> spray out. And I was like, nice. oh, that's so cool. That's great. Um, got my, I got those fancy uh, big sphere uh, ice cubes, uh, yeah. grabbed one of those out of the freezer, put it in there, spun it around. And then I uh, dropped a half uh, half ounce of uh, pineapple juice in it, and then I <laughs> garnished it with uh, a cherry surrounded by two um, 
sticks or, or two chunks of pineapple with swords through them. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was a little nice knives out call out there too a little bit. And right. uh, so um, here we go. Drumroll. That's uh, actually pretty good. It definitely has a, a more uh, straight liquor taste than I normally get when I make my drinks because I, <laughs> I, you know, with with my sours and things like that, I usually have a lemon lemon in there, and so you definitely get that bourbon flavor in there. But it's it's muddled enough with the with the sugar and the yeah. and the little orange and I love the pineapple. An old fashion. The the pineapple is a little extra you're doing, and 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 for audiences who aren't watching, uh, our host <laughs> fortunately is not choking to death here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not allergic to pineapple. I actually love it. It's one of my favorite fruits. Um, I will eat pineapple pretty much any chance I get. If if I go to a plate and there's pineapple there, I will take it. <laughs> hey, you mentioned Dave uh, Batista, and I was doing a count, and there, you know, we should probably have our MCU crew podcasting with us because we've got, uh, you know, five plus two references to all, you know, five cast members from MCU, from Marvel, and plus right. two references if you include Jared Leto's uh, hot sauce. Uh, and, yeah. and, and and I'm sorry, Jared Jeremy Leto, Renner. Jeremy Renner's hot, hot sauce and Jared Leto's kombucha, because Jared Leto was M- Morbius. I know that's not uh, MCU, but that's still Marvel. But then we've also, yeah, got, Mar- we've also got Ethan Hawke, who's in Moonlight, yep. you know, as uh, um, Arthur, Her- uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. He's Arthur Harrow in Harrow in, in uh, Moon Knight. Uh, we have um, certainly Duke, you mentioned that, who's Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Ed Norton, Bruce Banner in The Incredible yep. Hulk. We got uh, Jessica Henwick. Uh, Agatha. As, uh, Agatha, Agatha Harkins, no, that's, right? That's Catherine Hahn. Oh, you're right, you're right, Catherine right. Hahn. Jessica Henwick is Colleen Wing in Iron Fist. Oh right, right. So, okay, yeah. So we got people coming in from every different, <laughs> every different angle, uh, and joining the it cast would, here. So it would. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Jared Leto because one of the backup things I had, I because I only made one of these old fashions, is I also got some hard kombucha. <laughs> so yep. not a, not a Jared Leto, but uh, this is a recommended from a friend of the podcast who who's been on with us, uh, Brandon. We talked about this on New Year's Eve. He was talking about a local one uh, called Hucha. Uh, hard kombucha, and I found found uh, uh, these over at uh, the local Whole Foods, and so uh, grabbed a four pack of those. And it's got a Gravenstein and a Petaluma Punch, so I grabbed those as my my uh, secondary drinks. And so. what is it? Nine percent? Is it nine percent? Like seven? Uh, seven? Oh, it's only seven. Okay. Well, I think it was nine percent in the in the movie. Yeah, because Jared Leto, you know, he's a little <laughs> extra. He's a little extra. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, I haven't seen Morbius, but if it's anything like his Joker, it's got to be horrible. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, <laughs> yeah and, and well, and the buzz on on the internets is that it's uh, nothing to be desired. <laughs> I, I think it was so much that it Better killed that, killed yeah. a, killed that whole franchise. They, yeah. they were like, "Yeah, we got all this stuff planned," and then nope. <laughs> so right out of the gate, your drink kind of uh, gives a, a little bit of a reveal. So unfortunately, we're throwing our spoilers warning a little late. <laughs> uh, you know, I meant I meant to say that right off the bat. Yeah, I'm going to spoil this. Uh, Duke dies. <laughs> he does, and it's it's not uh, it's not the big finale, but uh, so it it happens about about a third of the way in, and it's a uh, mystery within a mystery. Right. Um, so it's not. So if you if you haven't watched the movie, um, it's on Netflix. It's it's uh, the full thing. You know, everyone has Netflix or everyone has someone's Netflix password. Right. <laughs> so go watch it because because I 
well, I don't know about you. Actually, I think I, I know you enjoyed this, but this I've already seen it three times, and every time I enjoyed it, mm. enjoyed it. So um, this is a fun one to watch. Don't let us spoil it all for you. Uh, go watch it, then come it, back and listen. Yeah, if you if you don't have Netflix, email the show at the dot hwsi podcast at gmail dot com and let me know that you've gone on and rated us and reviewed us on 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 Apple. Uh, or, or even Spotify, and uh, I will share my password with you so you could watch the show. Yep. Uh, it's it's like Thor with his powers for a limited time only. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, give us an email or, or give us a shout-out on our, our socials. Uh, we have a Facebook group, or you hit me up on, on Facebook or Steve up on Facebook or on our Instagram at uh, HWSI. Uh, find us there and let us know what you think. But, yeah, you should watch this. This is this is a good, fun show. Um I, I will come right out and say uh, I did not think it was as good as the first one. Okay. Uh, but it is very, very enjoyable. I think um, I, I, li- I think I liked it more. I, I think it, it was a little tighter for me, and it was a little bit more fun than the first one. Um, but the first one did I, – I, I still really enjoyed the first one. But surprisingly – I liked this more, and that's unusual for me. Usually, I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a uh, purist when it comes to to trilogies or. Things. I think this one has a little too many holes that I uh, that make me think later on. Like there's just some things that just don't add up, and and that kind of add to to it. Uh, I also am a little, and this is this is me in general. Most people that have been listening probably know this already. I don't care when um, Hollywood likes to. Uh, pick you know make fun of or regardless of who the person is they 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 they're you know they're and that's what this is is they're really poking fun at at certain people or or uh types of people essentially uh when you think about it because the the characters are all based somewhat off of different people you know you got uh my um Miles uh, Braun, who uh, Edward Edward Norton's character, he's he's kind of like a, a main mainstream in this. He is, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying oh, it's it's an Elon Musk uh, character and stuff like that. And even though the director came out and said, you know, that's not really what it was supposed to be. It, there's just too many uh, things that add up, and a lot. Even if they didn't mean to, it, it very much is like, oh yeah, this is Elon Musk, and we're gonna poke fun at him, and kind of, you know. I, and I don't, I don't mind poking fun of people, but it sometimes it, it irritates me in movies. I, I thought this was, I, I thought it was great being that it was portrayed by Edward Norton because he has his yeah. own history in Hollywood of being, you know, someone that is disliked and at times and stuff. He's easy and, not to, he's easy not to like. Yeah, and uh, his performance was was so good in this. I, I, I really thought he, he. Uh, Kind of I had, don't disagree uh, with you. Had a presence that was great, but one of the things I liked about all the side characters is you really got to got to like them as things went on. So yeah, I see what you mean. Where there was there was fun being picked, did, you know, poking fun at these characters, but you did, you, you know, you were still. Did drawn you get to, to like? Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't get the feeling, and I, and most of the people I listened to didn't get the feeling that you were supposed to like any of the characters outside of Daniel Craig's. Uh, uh, Blanc and also uh, Janelle Monae's uh, Andy Brand character. Huh. No, because I mean, like, like whiskey. I mean, the way she kind of, you know, you've got you've got her being kind of the airhead at first, and then she slowly you realize she's she's a lot more than that. You know, she's reading transcripts from court court transcripts, and she, you know, she's she, you're getting a sense that there's more to her than meets the eye. Um, even, you know, even um, uh, I want to say 
uh, Goldie Hawn, but it's Goldie Hawn's daughter, and I've got her name written here somewhere <laughs> as a, um, that's Kate Hudson. Sorry, as Bertie J. You know, she's she makes some pretty foolish mistakes and stuff, but but she she becomes. There's no no, you do not come to like her at all. Huh. And okay, okay, I don't. She's an she's a complete airhead. She's com- she's exactly what Hollywood you know airhead. Uh, have no reason to be popular or are, you know, the reason you don't like that. And she was based on Kardashians. No real talent, no real skills, just right time, right place and got popular and yeah. then is selling everything uh, under the sun with their name on it. And, you know, just. But but I think I, a lot of people like the Kardashians. You, are you saying that they don't? Oh. You don't. Well, OK. I, I thought they they brought some human humanity to a lot of these characters um, in different I, ways. So on the surface, yeah, you you see a lot of that. I don't think she really stood out ever from her uh, from her brains. Well, I mean, but if you but, if if you look at the beginning, and and once again, this is a COVID. Uh, it was shot during COVID. It's also uh, kind of a COVID. No, I don't. I don't. I don't mean. I'm not even sure how to say it, but it has, you know, the pandemic basically wrapped up inside of it you know it starts off with everybody's supposed to be in their bubbles and she's like oh yeah i'm in my bubble and it's like 40 fucking people having a house party so it's the whole thing is you know you know everybody just right you know not listening to to the recommendations of the government about staying sequestered and stuff and what does miles say come to my island for some normalcy i believe he calls it (laughs) yeah well not only that but it's it you know and and she's you know she can't get it on her phone because she might uh, get on Twitter and tweet, you know, a, a racial slur. Right. So, I mean, you are not supposed to like her, uh, Dave Bautista. Um, and I didn't get this. I didn't, I didn't pick up their, their, what they were trying to make him other than, uh, you know, an idiot influencer on YouTube and, you know, but apparently he's supposed to be, uh, geared after Joe Rogan. Okay. You know, and I, I didn't see the, the, other than the fact that they both are muscular, uh, you know, other than that, I didn't really pick up on it. I mean, you know, because Joe Rogan, you know, as much as people want to give him crap saying that, you know, he's popular from his his, his uh, podcast, he actually was an actor before that. He's a, He's well, been a stand-up comedian for years. He kind of, he put his work in. But you are know. you saying, are you saying the production said this character was based yeah. on... On it, or the internet, people on the internet said this was obviously kinda, someone. Kind of both. Because kinda both. because if that's the case, then you're you're challenging the the internet in 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 saying and comparing this, which really that's not fair because that's just someone out on the internet saying, hey, this is obviously your masculine character. Well, this character. is this is a lot of, lot of people, and and I, I the writer is all he ever said was that the main character wasn't necessarily geared specifically after Elon Musk because apparently some of that stuff happened after the movie was written, but he didn't say anything about the others. So, and that's, I'm just going by what other people talked about and, and heard it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and now that I see that it, it made put it this way. It made me enjoy it less after the fact of listening to all the people and reading all that. It kind of just, it kind of took away a little bit from me. Well, you know what I found that, you, you know the the one character that I was least drawn towards was was Lionel and yeah he had really because, no story because they really didn't develop anything any idiosyncrasies or anything like that and um so and you can't really look at him and say oh he's a scientist he was based on Bill Nye the science guy or anything I mean because he didn't have any actually he, they do have someone he was based on and okay it, and I have no I don't know the guy's name offhand but he was uh he was the guy that developed Apple. 
um, he was the he was the kind of the main programmer behind Apple and Steve Wozniak. And, Yes, yeah. that's who they were talking about. That's that's who it is. He's the kind of guy behind the scenes that did all the real work and got little little of the praise. But um, but there's there's no comparison when you look at the the the, the characters and their and their idiosyncrasies. So, for him, no. For him, he's the only one that I kind of was like, and he he's one of the guys that, like I said, I didn't pay as much attention because they didn't give him much of a story. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got you've got. Um, uh, Catherine Hahn as as Claire, um, she she was a basically a corrupt politician. You know, right. there's there's they didn't they didn't put her off of one because there's too many of them to say just one. Uh, but that's what it is, is. You know, she'll do whatever she can to get in office and then just go back on her word and and for for the money essentially. Yeah. And so, the more I thought about stuff like that, the least I like this movie. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it doesn't mean other people can't enjoy it it's just one of those things is it, that's what hurt it for me compared to the first one where you didn't have that as much you just had that family dynamic that kind of played off of it and everybody trying to veer for the money that they, they didn't earn they're just trying to get that inheritance i think when you're dealing with movies you've got to start with kind of a a, a trope or a, a, a characteristics that define characters but then you know, as, as you go along, you learn more about them and realize that they're, they have their unique qualities. And I thought in most cases, they pulled that off well here. So, so I, I don't know if there's good movies that just start with boring characters or characters that you can't quite, you know, well, there's so many people in the, on the internet and on, in movie in <laughs> Hollywood that you, you could always point to someone and say, Oh, they were obviously trying to compare to this guy. Kind of. Um, yeah. But uh, but then you got Benoit Blanc and uh, well that's that's uh, <laughs> what this story so so what the what uh, the director and writer Ryan Johnson wanted this story is it's not a Benoit Blanc story it is a the murder mystery is the story and Benoit Blanc is a character in it and that's what he wanted the 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 story to be and I, I get it and and it was fun and I have to admit like the the twist was really well played. Uh, made it interesting and, and because it's kind of it, it's two movies in one in, in a way if you think about it right we get the the first act where they're going through and everything happens which there's a lot of good funny stuff in there you know there's some good lines and they show us little stuff that you're kind of intrigued by and we know it's supposed to be a mystery so we're all looking for it yeah and then and then we get the to this point and then it fucking flips and reverts and and time travels essentially back into the beginning and we go through it again, but we look at it with a different lens essentially. And it it really played out well. And and I enjoyed that. Um, I did, I have not watched this more than once, not, not because I didn't want to, but just timing just never happened. Um, it's not one that, you know, my wife is not one to watch things a second time, even if she really, really likes it. It's just, I have a hard time getting her to watch one time sometimes. One, one so. of the things I liked about this, I like I like murder, murder Mysteries. I like Agatha Christie. Um, one of my favorite movies growing up, or, well, movie that I watched over and over again because it was on one of our free pay channels or something, was Evil Under the Sun, Peter, Peter Ustinov, which is, a, which is um, uh, playing Eric Poirot, Agatha Christie. Um, and I, I saw actually some similarities in this one too, how he, how he kind of wanders around and kind of looks at things from different points of view and stuff and, yeah. and slowly puts it all together. Um, but, um, but I was able to watch this three times. And one thing I really appreciated about it is that the, the mystery wasn't 
wasn't what it was all about. You know, I, I just had a lot of fun with the characters and the story, the whole, uh, magic eye or that puzzle at the beginning. I thought it got up to a, the puzzle was interesting to a fun start. I remember that box showed up and I was sitting next to my wife and I keep, I needled her and I said, I said, that's magic eye. I was, I was really kind of cool that I was, I was excited that I, that I picked up on that. And then, but then is uh, what is it? Dave Bautista's mom. Mom. Um, (laughs) She was great. (laughs) Um, she was funny, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's you know it's another poke at at, at the 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 influencers and the YouTubers and stuff that you know they act all this way, but yeah, they still live home with mom and stuff like that. And I thought you know it, it's it was one of those. Uh, I did enjoy that. I loved how they were all on a phone call together uh, trying to figure it out. Um, and then I, I, they get all these. I wasn't figuring any of it out myself. I was kind of like, oh okay. Uh, but what I do love is we get the cut to. Um, Andy, and she goes and puts down the box, and you're like, oh, shit, she's going to do it on her own. She does, but she does it with a bat, and yeah. uh, I, I like that. I was like, yeah, that's good. I like, right. I like how. Yeah, she just you know. goes, gets right to it and then pulls it out, and that's it. And you're like, okay, could have done that the whole time. But what fun is that? Um, well, and, and we get the idea that, you know, it was it was an interesting uh, concept that uh, the, the this group of six – were uh you know all friends before when they were nothing at the bar at a bar called the glass onion right and then you know they were all low level to what they are now essentially i you know they each had their own little thing but you know from this one idea you know the money started flowing and and you know they all got got to where they were because they had financial backing essentially you know and i thought that was kind of a cool idea and and i'm glad they played that out a little bit so that we kind of saw some of you know why they why they were who they were and what you know what was going on interesting that they all you know basically uh, had their allegiance to miles you know because he's the one that gave them the almighty dollar yeah you know it was kind of interesting you know what what money what money will buy you in the, in that interest because they 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 all sold their soul out essentially right you know if you think about it so it's kind of interesting that that played out and and you're right that the mystery, I do think the mystery was part of the main story, but in that it was building, building the characters into the mystery. One of the things jo- Ryan Johnson said he loves about the murder mystery genre is that it's it doesn't require, or well, you can put a genre within a genre. You can have a murder mystery and it be a horror genre. You can have a murder mystery oh, and it yeah, be sci-fi. Yeah. You could have it be comedy, like like in this, or or uh, you know, and and his hope is to, you know, with each, because he's already signed on for a third one, too. I think the right. Netflix purchased uh, two sequels uh, to follow up. But he, he was really trying hard not to redo the same same thing with this one. You know, different kind of, you know, this is an island in Greece, a little kind of different take on, on the characters, not not playing to the same type types of characters and so, so we'll see what happens with that third one, how, how he's going to go, because if he's really trying to, if that's his, his idea is to completely stay away from, from that. I, that's a good, thing. good question is like, what will the third one be in, in, uh, you know, a lot of people were speculated on that, you know, uh, just, yeah. What, where, where do they go from here? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I, I definitely am, am all about it. I, I would love to see another one of these. I kind of hope we get, um, you know, uh, it stays with the comedy, but I would like to see also a little bit more. Uh, you get to solve the mystery a little bit instead of it kind of hand-fed to you a little bit along the way, which I felt this one was. 
you, yeah. I don't well, think I don't think there was enough clues that you could pick this out on your own completely. Uh, it, I think it was more fed fed to you with stuff that you would never know. Well, had you I'll not. tell you, I was you know, when, <laughs> when they got when they got to the scene where they're all drunk and stumbling around. There was something about the way the music was and the way the camera started moving. Is I felt this was an important scene. I had my eyes open, um, and I was I, I spotted the gun. Him take the gun. And I said, I okay, he just took the gun. And then he walks away and you see it in the, you, you can see it kind of a, of a, it sticking in his back pocket, you know, kind of with, with, and you know, in the, at the end of the movie, they kind of replay this stuff. And I, I was impressed that they actually put it in front of you. They showed you exactly what happened. Um, I, I almost, but, and that's why I was kind of happy that the movie was, was fun to me, regardless of the, of the murder mystery, just because I felt I had kind of, already figured out, you know, he was central to everything, uh, because I had spotted that. And then, and then you actually can see him throw, uh, the gun down, uh, in, in where, when he gets to the, to the drinks, um, you, you could spot it right in the middle of the movie, you know, right okay. as it's happening. Um, so, so they didn't, and, and, you know, this is where they're, you know, they're, they're probably balancing how much they want to show you when they're editing the movie. It's like, do we really want to show it? It was like, well, we, <clears> if we can, if we can just make it go quick and you, uh, Obviously, I saw it a couple times. I didn't catch the fact that he handed the drink to him. I thought that was clever. That one, someone said that they caught that the first time. Yeah, it, it um, is there the first time. And, but then they show you uh, when, when, when he says, oh, you know, he, he must have picked my, up my drink. They do a flashback and they show it, they show it differently, which is fair. He shows him actually handing to it. Uh, yeah. Or, well, that's no, I think he shows him setting it down and then the other guy picking it up when Miles is trying to say, oh, you know, he must have picked up my drink. But then in the very right. end, they do flash back again and they show it actually how it went down. So, yeah, like I think he sets it down right in front of his hand, like as he's going down for it. But yeah, they, that's one of the reasons I wish I would have watched it again because I would have looked for those clues. Um, but that's to me where, um, like I said, I, I enjoyed it and, and I'm glad they kind of go back and do that. I kind of wish it was a little bit more like you kind of have to. I, I knew right away Miles was was the douche. <laughs> I, I just figured from from the get go, I didn't know, you know, how he was going to do it and what the motivations were and stuff like that. But I just I knew off the bat. I was like, no, that this they're playing this guy too much of a, you know, douche to be not the the main and, you know and I, and I thought that was clever how that was what kind of foiled uh Benoit Blanc at first because he thought he was he thought he was smart. stupid he thought he was smart <laughs> at first and and that was what kept getting in his way it's like well nobody would be that stupid until until he started putting together the <laughs> until you know, he really goes yeah he what, is that what, stupid what's the quote uh um oh it's the the donut one or the the no, he has a he, bunch of he, them. He says, "Can we just take a second and fully inbreviate this moment together?" That's oh. the one when when it's it's like it all comes down to one word, inbreviate. You know, it's like yeah. it's not a word. <laughs> it's close to a word. It sounds like it yeah. could be a word, but it's not a word. And he, he goes he just, down a whole bunch yeah, of those. Yeah. yeah. And, and and what is it? Uh, Bernie J says uh, genius, and he says no, it's just it's just dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that, that was uh, he put the pineapple in drink. That's genius. He's like, no, it's just dumb. And and this is where I, I would think that there was some they were playing off of kind of cult, current political culture with with this. What, what's the 
I think there's a famous line that's that's that said it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought oh, right, right. for speaking the truth. And I think uh, that was right. That could have been Ryan Johnson just trying to say that's a big deal in our political climate right now that a lot of people wish wish. Uh, you know, people say, oh, they're not being stupid. They're being, you know, smart. That's genius. But it's it's dangerous yeah. to try to get those two things confused. And so that's where I think maybe Ryan was making a political statement there. But I, it played out so well. It was a I, great Well, I mean, he, he even too. makes – he even, you know, he, we start off with them all showing up on the, the pier to get on the yacht. Uh, and they all come in with masks, right, because they're dead smack in the middle of, of COVID pandemic. But yep. you have – you and you have uh, Claire wearing it under her nose. Uh, oh yeah. You know, kind of, and then you have uh, Birdie, literally is just a fucking net. <laughs> you know, and it's like bejeweled and shit. So you're like, you had to have that made. You literally had to go out of your way to find. And then she takes it off and she's like, oh, I can breathe. And it's like, so they're they're definitely poking fun at at. at well, this is this is where I I agree. They start with these characters that for me felt like they were. They were putting them into a, a, a they, they were giving them a characterization that was based off people. But I do, I, I think that they managed to, to humanize them a lot more throughout. Um, but. Okay. I, yeah. I kind of disagree with that. I, I don't think they humanized them un, uh, much. I mean, the only two that I really think got even in, any story built to them were, were basically uh, Duke and Birdie. Those two got, got the majority of the, the character building. Where yeah. like you know Lionel got dick like he literally could not have, didn't need to be on the island he wasn't much there, um, and then uh, Claire which is uh, Catherine Hahn's character didn't really get much, I mean and she even had the statement you know after Batista died her biggest thing was like oh no they're gonna find out that I I ran away to Greece during a pandemic and you know you know rather than someone died that was what she was worried about you know like most politicians and we saw that here in california for sure yeah you know with our own governor yep so i don't i don't and i don't know if it's the characters themselves or the actors because they're bigger actors they got the but it was mostly about miles uh birdie and duke got the bigger and and andy uh, uh janelle monet's character which not just andy but she also was helen her twin sister yep which was was the big Really, the big twist of the show and the movie About is halfway that you through, know, yeah, that's where they do the little rewind. Let's re- let's let's review. That's after yeah. after the 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 second uh, you know when 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 he shoots through the window and uh, and uh, right and Andy goes he down. Her. Yeah, um, and, which at that point they were like, oh shit, you know that that. And then when he rewinds, it makes you kind of even like, oh okay, and then. You know, it, it's almost like I, I guess that would be the second act is is we get we go back in time and we find out that that Andy was actually dead, uh, supposedly committed suicide. And that's her her twin sister, which this is where one of the big holes comes for me. <laughs> OK, uh, she shows up, you know, whatever, however long after her sister supposedly committed suicide, decides that this isn't right and then goes off to find, uh, you know, uh, Benoit Blanc. First off, how does she know him? Like, how does she figure out, like, like she's supposed to be a teacher from, like, Iowa or something like that. Well, she or, said, you know. I, I Googled the, the, the smartest detective there is, and, and your name popped up. That's what she says. 
Yeah. So I, it just, it's kind of holy. It, but it, not only that, but how long did that take for her to find him, get to him? Not only that, but stop this from getting out to the press that, you know, her sister supposedly committed suicide. I mean, is it a week? Is it a day? What? I mean, it, it just... They, the do timing, ans- they do answer those questions. You're just not satisfied with the answers they give. I, I don't think I, they give you a time frame because, because they also... Well, I, I mean, mean, even Benoit Blanc says, I've got a few friends on the force. I can hold the news for a little bit longer. Um, I, they did yeah, do that. Yeah. But how long did it take for her to go from finding her sister committed suicide to figuring out what happened, cracking open the box, deciding that she needed to go find this guy, Googling him, get in there, get to his thing and talk him into it. I mean, it just, that's where it's kind of like, uh, like did, did nobody else know? I mean, how, how many days? And then it's also, is like, okay, I don't think that's a hole, though. I think you're just not satisfied with it. <laughs> I, I think it's a hole. I, okay. I, and I wasn't well, I mean, the only one. I, what I mean Other is people I, brought it up. What I mean is I, I think they did put <clears throat> some breadcrumbs to kind of put that all together to make it uh, sensical. A little, little, too, little too convenient. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but then, you know, the whole fact that he, Benoit Blank, shows up uh, uh, on the pier. Why did, why did they even, you know... Well, who the fuck are you? Why are you getting on the shot? Did the, did the guy not know how many people were supposed to show up? I thought about just... that, too. And the only thing I could come up with is that some people brought their assistants. So they probably just anyone who showed up, he gave he had, you know, your wristband. So but well, I don't know. But so but did did the other assistants get wristbands? Did whiskey get a wristband? Did um, was it uh, Peg? Did she get a wristband? I don't remember seeing them get wristbands because they followed. Uh, they were they were the assistants. So why did he have a wristband for Benoit Blanc? I think I think they all got wristbands because that was to show that. that it led him all... to the room, but I thought it was like so. Uh, you know, um, Peg was with uh, with Claire, and Cl- I think Claire got it, and she just followed her. Which you know, there, there's another scene in there that uh, when he's handing all the drinks. And uh, when Claire gets her her warm white wine, he hands he hands Peg a solo uh, a red solo cup. Doesn't even say anything, and it doesn't even look at her. Just hands her a red solo cup, and just kind of ignores her. And it's like one of those like, oh fuck, you you are basically invisible in this. And she was, she, I you know, I I hope she got paid good because she didn't have to do much. So she got paid for just kind of being there. Uh, you know, talk about the least you know. I, I think she got less than uh, the kind of uh, roommate that just happens to be on the island uh, walking around. Uh, I think that's uh, Daryl is what <laughs> the guy that just Daryl. Uh, right. <laughs> he got he I think he got more more lines than she did. You know, it's it's kind of one of those wings. But that was another one is like, why did he how did he know Benoit was going to show up on the island? Why he did didn't. he question? He absolutely didn't. Yeah. But he had a wristband for he well that and but he had wristbands for all the extra people. So I'm assuming he had rooms but, for the people that were set set up with their but did he say they were stuff? But but uh, but he probably had extra ones for the for the, the the side people. You know the people that they brought, and so that's probably. But what he, he said they they were they were programmed with their chakra. So did he right. just not? It was just a non-programmed one. I'm sure he had non-programmed ones for the assistants, and so. It, it, it just doesn't seem. It, there's I a little think it's bit very too, plausible. I think it's very plausible. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I think it's a hole. Um, okay. No, yeah, I mean it's. It, well, in the fact, the only the only grace to it that I give it is is the fact that he thinks he's smarter than he is. So he's like, he just. This is where you know some people also say, oh, it's like Elon Musk is. Oh, it's just a big name person 
like it's a celebrity. So, oh, he's at my house. That's got to be cool. Well, yeah, Kinda he like, hired uh, Jillian Flynn to write the whole murder mystery. So if that got his rocks off, then you, you know that he's going to have he's going to be excited to have Benoit Blanc there. to. And that's to, and that's the only the only grace to it where it's why he wouldn't just be like, especially especially since he knew he murdered somebody, you know, or tried to murder someone, essentially. Yeah. You know, it, 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 just, it just shows how stupid he is. But like I said, holes there. Um I forgot where I was going. Uh, oh, he's back to the COVID with the masks and stuff like that. And then they have uh, um, Ethan Hawke's character just come up and spray their mouth, and then they're okay. They don't explain it. No. Nope. They don't say anything about it. It's just, nope, you're good now. And it's kind of like one of those, it's a little jab at the government, like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, the special people, the the upper elite have this cure or whatever. I you thought know. it was more kind of an... Uh, what, you know, when the whole thing came out about how clear is unstable, it's probably just this untested solution that someone's convinced convinced Miles is is the be all end all of COVID solutions and and okay, that no I'll questions buy that. asked. I'll buy that. I, I thought it kind of fit, you know. I'll I'll buy that. That makes sense. Now that now no one else came up with that. Most of the people were like, oh yeah, this is just the upper crust with their uh, they they got their uh, their cure all uh, spray kind of thing, and you know just. It was just kind of interesting, you know. Uh, I didn't even realize that was Ethan Hawke at all. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. Uh, I mean, but I, I I, wasn't trying to pay attention to that guy. I wasn't, like, looking deep into it. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Um, the funny thing, uh, so they do take the, the, the cruise, the, the cruise ship back or the yacht, and uh, apparently the, the captain that was on that yacht is the actual captain of that, that ship, and you can rent it out. And it's like uh, it's something like twenty thousand dollars, or uh, you know, a day or whatever. Um, you know, the, and he he he's the captain. And so when he's talking to him about the the dock that comes up, the the glass the pe- dock, the piece of shit, the piece of shit, the piece of shit. <laughs> there, I I didn't pick it up, but people were like, I thought he was speaking a foreign language, and I did too. And then and then you go, no, oh yeah, it's a piece of shit. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Which is why the boats couldn't come later because it was high. It was based off a high tide height. Whereas at at, at night it was low. low tide, so they wouldn't have been able to dock. So, yeah. Well. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's all really silly. Like why it, the whole that whole island, in fact, is is really ridiculous. It, it you know it it's a pure waste of uh, a show of how upper echelon waste money on just the most ridiculous dumb things. Everything yeah, in that takes fifty house. people to run the island, but he sent them all home. And then you see that robot walking walking in the background, taking all their yeah. their luggage to the, to the place. Right, it's funny. Well, I mean, and just all the the stupid art that's around, and it, you, did you notice the pictures on the wall? There's a, a Tyler Durden uh, picture on the wall, which I well, thought was fucking h- hilarious. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of little little things in the background if you if you look for that. Um, yeah. The, apparently, uh, the the place, the only thing they had to change was the the glass onion. Everything else was pretty much. Oh. From, from the outside, that was all. From the outside, that was all a real, uh, a, a real. I believe that. Resort. I believe that it. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a it looks like a big kind of a Tuscany laid out house. You know, it's it's very flat and wide, and you know. And bright, yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of glass walls and stuff, so you can have a view no matter where you're at. You know, 
you can see the sunset while you're taking a shit kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. You know, some someone someone would be proud of, but most people would be like, "What?" I mean, the pool looked cool. I mean, I'll give it that. Uh, it, you know, the smokeless garden, that was kind of funny. Uh, uh, that was a, an interesting uh, uh take to it. Um the big the big kind of gotcha in this is is he had the Mona Lisa right right and the, and it played a big part in in throughout the beginning with just with its security measure uh plexiglass I, I don't know what you would call it like safe room where it kept opening and closing through the whole goddamn thing it actually got annoying to me I don't know if it did to you but I was like fucking okay I don't want to hear that thing open and close one more time I mean it's really annoying <laughs> Um, but it played it played a big part in the end, and and uh, we got one of the greatest lines from it because you know uh, Miles wanted you know he wants his name to go down you know uh, like the Mona Lisa you know right and yeah and so you know they they burn it you know in the end and and you know he gets the line where he goes well now you're you'll always be attached to the to the Mona Lisa kind of thing and it was it was good um, I. I don't know the ending to me when it got kind of when when uh, Andy kind of goes or I guess it's Helen she, Helen playing Andy at that point goes a little crazy and just starts breaking everything and all that. That's where I kind of checked out a little bit. I was like, okay, you had me for a lot of this, and then it just kind of. Well, I don't that's know. yeah, that's like the last five minutes really. So uh, I thought they broke a few too many things. <laughs> they probably could have broken right. some things and then lit the thing on fire and thrown the clear and and uh, you know had had some fun with it. I thought I thought the the breaking the things went went on just a little too long. So I can see that. Yeah. 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 It. it I mean, when everybody turned on him, like I would have been fine with that. But then they all start going crazy, breaking stuff. It just now now. Um, Evil Under the Sun, I remember the movie, had the same sort of ending. This is that Agatha Christie one that I watched okay. when I was a kid uh, with uh, with um, Peter Ustinov playing uh, Hercule Poirot. And he had the same dilemma where he solved the crime at the end, but the, the, the bad guys <laughs> basically come up and say, wonderful show, you know, it sounds great and all, but you have a complete absence of proof. And they're basically, they, you know, he has to kind of, trick him into doing something uh with, mm. with the signature but um that's so so that's kind of the same boat that uh benoit blanc is in he he solves it all but absence of any sort of proof there's nothing he can do and so he just kind of hands her hey you need a little liquid courage here's clear <laughs> remember what happened to your sister and why she did what she did and i'll be outside and then he goes out and smokes a cigar while while daryl comes and uh and has has his own uh you know Bud lights up a, <laughs> lights yeah. up a joint and they're smoking together out there. Um, I agree with, I agree with that in a way he, he kind of set him free, but it was, it was like, I can see her kind of losing it, but it was the rest of them when they kind it just didn't fit in their personalities either. Like the turnaround was too, I, I don't know. It just, maybe that's, that's where you're supposed to start to like them again because all of a sudden they're good guys again or whatever. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that it was just, you know, it was always something that they were fighting with, you know, the fact that they had some sort of a moral code, but they, they were still selling themselves out with, with, uh, with the, you know, in order to be on his, uh, his teat, you know, as they refer to his, uh, yeah. sucking his teat. And, and so, you know, all it took was just knocking something over to, and, and once it started happening in front of him, 
maybe that's what kind of pushed them over the over the edge a little bit more. Um, but I think it was a little premature. They were probably acting a little irrationally if they were still wanting to, uh, you know, because they were going to piss off Miles in the process if they were going to start breaking things and they would have lost their funding just because of that. But uh, they did it anyway. So Well, I mean, at that point, um, you know, they, they were figuring he's he's done for because they, they figured out he killed Miles, essentially. Well, yeah, but they, they weren't, they didn't, even after they figured out he killed Miles, they uh, did not, they weren't going to, support that that as you know they they basically said no show of hands who thinks miles did it and they just nope they're not going to do it no that's what i mean is i think though is that's part of the turn as they go yeah no you killed him that's part of my turn they then they go yeah no i will support the fact that you did but it wasn't until she started breaking things that they did finally right but then they get into it that's what i mean that's what i'm saying it's part of their turn too i yeah i don't know like i said there, there's some characters that didn't get built up, and it's, it's, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I mean, the characters that did get built up. I mean, I, I did, I did like Duke uh, or John Batista's character. He fit exactly what he was, which is interesting because I don't care for John or uh, Dave. I don't like you calling John Dave Batista specifically as an actor. Yeah. I don't think he's that great. I, I mean, Drax is a character, but I, he's like one of my least favorite characters in the MCU. Like, like if he was never in another show, I would not be disappointed. Like I wouldn't miss him at all. Um, and, and if he, if he just like, if they literally scrubbed him out of the ones he's in, I don't know if it would make that big of a, uh, <laughs> an impact. Oh, okay. Um, um, no. And then, which is weird. Cause I, I don't, I don't have anything against the guy. I just don't, I don't see him as this like, Oh my God, he's the greatest actor. He's so cool. I mean, we even watched. Uh, I think we watched it together. The um, the Zack Snyder um, film uh, with the zombies, uh, where they go to Vegas, uh, oh. and he's the big, big part of that one. I started watching that and turned it off pretty quick. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stomach it. Well, he's he's the main he's the main guy in that one too. I mean, he's just not like. I don't know. He's, he <laughs> was in, about... he, play, he played a minor role in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, uh, where he's kind of an intellectual android. It was kind of interesting. He had a that is he had an effective presence in there in that movie. He he he. We we talked about him in Dune, which he just kind of played a, a brute, just kind of a. Uh, oh right, right. You know, he's just the muscle, but I, I think his character will probably expand a little bit more in the second one, if they get around to to finishing that up anytime soon. Um, I'm anxious for that. Um, what do you think just generally, is there, you know, we've been watching a lot of series and certainly you can, you can expand and grow characters a lot more when you have more episodes to do that in. Uh, Haunting of Hill House is a great example of how they have an ensemble cast and they're really able to dedicate episodes and, you know, even Midnight Club where they really grow those those episodes. But here we're dealing with a movie that's just, just over two hours now, is is there a movie you can think of? I know uh, to, to me, Breakfast Club comes up where you got an ensemble cast, but you're just dealing mm-hmm. with um, what is five. It? five? You got five kids, and then the principal. Yeah, and the and then the <clears throat> janitor maybe, and then the janitor yeah has kind of a side character, and certainly with those five kids, you really get to know them. Right, but, right. But there there probably comes a point where you the the you just you need such a tight script and you really can't expect to get too far with characters as far as growth. I wonder well, if there's a, like a formula that, you know, you know, to, 
you know, if it's going to be this long, this is as many characters you want. Yeah. And how much dialogue is Breakfast Club? Well, of course, it, is all in, dialogue. Yeah. And that's and that's the difference in that one is it that movie is all about those connections where this is all about the mystery. And we get bits and pieces of the people to make you feel a certain way about those people. The right. uh, Knives Out, you know, that had certainly quite the ensemble cast. Um, it I, did. I didn't think many of their those characters really did that much was, growing. It was, but no, uh, it didn't. Yeah, but it was all. I think that one was even more about the mystery, and I think that was why it was better. It was it was all wrapped up around the mystery. So all the stuff you got with the people were based on the mystery and how they were dealing with it. And then we also had a protagonist, or or. Uh, you know, the main character that we knew or felt for more that we were hoping would be proved innocent. You know, it was yeah. it was kind of where this one, there was nobody you're really rooting for in the long run. I mean, there's nobody in here. You're like, oh, that like if they would have pinned this on, say, whiskey. Uh -huh. Right. And and we would have had what we had with her. I think more people would have been like, no, no, that ain't right. No, she's innocent. That She didn't do that. You know, she's kind of getting shafted it may have been a different story and you may have felt a little bit more kind of like where we did with the first one, but this one, like it was almost like you knew from the get go, it was going to be miles and he was such a douche from the beginning and he was meant to be a douche and he, no, nothing in it ever played him with anything that made you think he wasn't a bad guy or, or, or an unlikable character that you didn't root for root for him to be exonerated. Yeah. Yeah, with him, and, I think the big thing was whether he was smart or dumb. Um, you think right. he's, he's a genius, but no, he's he's just kind well, of an idiot and, that that walked in. You know, well, he's a genius in certain things, you know, but but certainly not when it comes to right. Um, he's a great marketing person, probably is right. what it is. Yeah, um, but I mean, outside of say, I, realistically, outside of uh, Peg and Whiskey, uh, as far as the main characters, other than Andy, which you know we get a turn because it's her sister, there's not really many of those characters you root for in the long run. Like, you're like, if they would have pinned it on any one of them, we'd be like, yeah, let's prove that. Because none of them really get anything where you're like, kind of like, oh, yeah, they're the, they're the good guy. Let's let's root for them. Peg and Aunt, uh, Whiskey don't really have much in the show, so there's no, no, they're not really portrayed as bad. They're just kind of luggage, essentially. And, and so that they may have been someone you rooted for but andy is who they you know and helen uh playing andy is who we get to root for because we saw that she was wrong because her sister was murdered and and you know and we're going through that and and, and realistically i mean sh she did an incredible job I, I mean you know the two best actors in this are definitely uh janelle monet and and um daniel craig uh, i think you know, I would put I would put Edward Norton up there too. I thought he was great. He did a good job, but I think his is also a little bit easier. Huh? He just had he just has to play kind of a dude. I mean, he his isn't. I don't want to say it's not a stretch saying he's kind of that guy, but you know what I mean. It's it's a little bit easier to just kind of play a dumb guy. Well, he had to put off a confidence oh. and an ease and stuff, and that still needs to get come across that's just, on screen and i thought they that he a pompous I th a pompous person yeah he's just playing a hollywood star he's yeah. playing what most of those people are i i'm better than you i'm smarter than you well <laughs> I, I wonder if ethan hawk was up for that role and whether he could have pulled it <laughs> off i don't think he could have pulled it off as well because there's a lot he's a little you, more mo mopey 
Yeah. He would have been mopey in it. Right. Sometimes the actors bring something to the role that they possess, that they can put into it, that others, other actors just can't, can't, you know, they really have to. I I agree with you. He's across. And so the casting was smart. He's definitely great in that, that, that position. Like he, he does a really good job, but I just think the others, Daniel Craig and Monet had to stretch more than he did. They, they had to pull a little bit more weight than he had to with his. Yeah. It's like Batista having to play a strong guy. You know, it's not hard for him. You know, <laughs> I, I think Edward Norton kind of playing a weasel isn't, isn't much of a stretch for him. I'm not saying he's a weasel. He's just done it so many times. It's almost kind of natural. He's done it way too many times. There was a Richard Gere movie that I think he, I think it's called Primal Fear. That's where I first saw Edward oh, Norton. Oh, God. And he played a prisoner that was like a, uh, he was in prison because yeah. he was accused of killing a priest or something like that. And and it's about, you know, the big finale. Oh, we're going to spoil this one. Sorry, but this is a 30-year-old movie. Um, so <laughs> uh, maybe that's a little, yeah, it's probably about 30 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, he it turns out he's just playing this this character. He puts it on so well. And the, there's just a, a scene right at the climax of the movie where he flips and he, he's like, nope. This is me, you know, and he's done a lot of roles like that, uh, where he has he plays two types of characters in there. There is one where yeah. he, he plays um, a mentally rec- retarded uh, guy that works at a museum, but that's just an act he's putting on. They're breaking into the museum with this is with Robert De Niro and and uh, Marlon. Is Brando. that Bird? Is that the Birdman one? No, Marlon Brando and. Robert De Niro, it's a heist movie with Edward Norton. I can't remember the title of it, but uh, that should be enough for anyone to go on if they want to check it out on YouTube. But but he puts on this brilliant performance. And and we also got to see him in, uh, what was the remake, the the other heist remake with 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 Charlize Theron, where she's the safe cracker, and, and uh, Edward Norton uh, is the one that, you know, in the end. Is know, that the dis... No, not uh, French Dispatch. Um, I don't know what's. Um, I, I'm remembering these movies, but I I see your. It looks like you're looking up on. on your I'm, yeah, I'm on. So. I'm, I'm I'm on IDB here. Um, Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg's in it too. Um, mm. Anyway, Edward Norton has gotten has well, he, and then Fight Club. You know, he's playing two two people in that too. In the end, Fight Club is. <laughs> it, well, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the. Oh, you think an Italian job was the Italian one. job? Yeah, that was the remake. That yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, and he was Bruce Banner, uh, which is the one I with just... Robert, Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando, though, because that was. Uh... That's a good question. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. He he is great. I just think he's second tier to the other two. He's he's above the rest. Like if there was three tiers in that, he would be in that second tier. Maybe by himself. I don't. I don't know if anybody else. Maybe I. I don't know. Uh, the score. Thank you. The score. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't listening to you. I was doing my googling. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> I don't listen when I Google too. I mean, it breaks the concentration. Right. Um, but anyway, a serious, uh, <laughs> serious sport. <laughs> um, I just, yeah. I mean, he he was great. I think Daniel Craig just, I mean, with the the accent and the personality, and I mean, he just has such a uh, presence about him. But you're right. I mean, he Dan, uh, uh, Norton does a good job, and but I, like I said, I still think it's easier to play dumb than it is other stuff. Uh, Nobody tried to kill you, you vainglorious buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Janelle Monae, you know, she played the two parts. I I thought what was 
was really cool with her is when she was between the two, the sister, when the sister first shows up and she, she has the different personality and she has the different accent and stuff like that. I, I, I bought it. Like I, I was like, yes, I, I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I did too. Um, and, and I also liked when they did kind of the flashbacks to the scene before you, you started to see Helen in, in, yeah. in her Andy performance. And yet when, you know, when we were watching the movie, not knowing the first part too, yeah it she came across as just kind of stoic and and not much to you know i'm and that was and, yeah and standoffish but it worked when they played it back uh it, you know when they rewound and and, and yeah. replayed it yeah what it was one of one of the funny scenes that actually made me laugh is in the replay is is in the first half we get um uh benoit block kind of catches batista's character duke staring in uh, uh the window watching uh you yeah, know, whiskey and miles uh, going at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're kind of like, Oh, what the fuck's going on here? And in the reboot, not only do you get the same scene, but then all of a sudden you get, uh, Helen, Andy popping out behind a next bush behind them. And you're like, right. Oh shit, they're both there. Yeah. And, and, then kinda, you, it, and you find out that, you know, Dave Bautista's character put her up to it, you know, and, so yeah. he's, and he's upset because, uh, miles says he's, you know, he's not gonna, he's not going to give him which, the endorsement that he which wants. makes him even more of a dick. <laughs> Miles? Or? Yes. Yes. Well, both. Yeah. Both of them, both technically. Of them. But yeah, it just was one of those. It's like, ugh. But boner yeah, it was. Pills. It was yeah, a, the boner pills. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the rhino, rhino boner pills. No rhinos were killed in or hurt in the making of these. Uh, yeah, it's kind of. It's. I mean, that's a good name for a boner pill, though. Rhino. Think about it. It's one big horn. <laughs> <laughs> With that little bit of arch up, you know, it's all good. <laughs> um. Definitely a good movie. I, I you know, um, I, I kind of hope these continue as long as they can write good stories. Like, this is the kind of movies that are fun to have around. Um, it's kind of like Pink Panther without the slapstick. Um, you know, it, it's it's a mystery. It's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I like what you say without the slapstick, because I think this could have gone a little overboard... Certainly yes. does. There, there's some overacting and cliches and stuff, but but I thought it it elevated itself with, with uh, you know I thought it played the characters a little bit more real and didn't slip into too much slapstick or you know right. the, com the comedy was a little bit bumbling but never really obnoxious or slapstick. It was it was right. It was, it was well written. Um, and well, that's I mean, all Ryan Johnson, right? And you know he wrote and directed it. Well, a lot of the name drops and stuff like. That are pure comedy. I mean, you know, we talked about the Jared Leto uh, kombucha and the the Jeremy Renner uh, uh, small batch hot sauce. Right. <laughs> Which I don't know about you, but the the scene where they use the hot sauce to to fake the blood and she has to lay there and it starts to roll back and they show the drop about to go in her nose. That was hard to like. I'm literally, I, <laughs> my nose was itching so bad just watching that. And such a you know. He didn't need to show that. He could have just like showed them saying that, and you you see her in the background, you know, playing out the whole scene. But instead, they decided yeah. to focus on this just for whatever reason, and it added a new element of, of anxiety. Even though you know <laughs> that she gets gets away with it because you already saw him walk away the first time. Uh, George, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the uh, did the hourly dong audio, you know, <laughs> right? Um, and then they had you know when he's in the bath, they've got. 
Angela Lansbury and, and Stephen Sondheim, this is, they both passed away recently. So right. this was done beforehand. But Angela Lansbury, I think it's just great, just the nod to Murder, She Wrote. And, well, and uh, Kareem, now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on there, too. <laughs> yep, and, yep. And, and Natasha I don't know if you, Leone, who was in that uh, Groundhog Day uh, series that I think we podcast on the first. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you realize Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a author now, and he writes Sherlock Holmes books? Does he? Okay. Okay. So that that was all. Those were all mystery writers uh, on that Zoom call. Stephen Sondheim. Well, he's a musician. I, th- I, I thought. I thought. No, I thought they were saying that um, all of them in that Zoom call were all. They've all have something to do with mysteries. Okay. And mystery. I, I believe it. Yeah. Um. So I, which is which was why cream. And then uh, you know he had Yo Yo Ma. Uh, yeah, early talking on. about yeah <laughs> explaining what a fugue was. It was, or something it was like. the it, when they were doing the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so enthusiastic. Uh, and while, while, what is it, uh, Kate Hudson's in the background or Birdie Jay's trying to shazam yeah. it with a, with a lamp or something. <laughs> oh, this yeah. is a it, lamp. <laughs> Serena Williams so yeah. in the background, you know, about the, with the tennis match. That was, <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. Like, like the personal trainer. And you, I, I remember when that scene came on and I was looking, I'm like, is that just a big poster? And then when she moved, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was like, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's just, you know, exactly what you would expect someone with more money than they know what to do with to waste their money on. Yeah. And then we got Hugh Grant as uh, his roommate. Yes. You know, standing I, there with I, the apron. I, I don't think that's his roommate. I, 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 I know. That's In fact, a, no, <laughs> I, I watched it because I read that that's yeah his uh, that Benoit Blanc is gay and that and they're living together as as a as a couple but they never actually say that in the movie I, I think that was just something Ryan Johnson's just kind of said oh yeah he's he, you know that it it plays out it does play out yeah but it it, you, you it can, plays and, out and in his can, character and you can easily assume it and I I think it's great but uh, but uh, well, I, don't, I don't oh. think they actually called it out in the in the movie which there's a there's a part where there's something about coming out of the closet and I don't know if he's walking out of a closet or someone says something. I, I don't remember someone mentioned it or I read it and they were like, Oh yeah. And that's, you know, the nod to, you know what it is. And so I was like, yeah, it, I, it works. I, I got such a kick out of, uh, you know, the first time he, he refers to the Matisse in the bathroom. And then later I saw the Matisse in the behind him in the bathroom. I'm like, there's the Matisse, and I, I felt kind of like total pinky out that I recognized the Matisse artwork. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> uh, there. Apparently, there was a lot of other little artwork things in the two. Like uh, someone was saying that there's a, a bunch of pictures on uh, the wall, and it's all artists artists that go by different names. That rhyme. So it was like Iggy Pop, Biggie Smalls. Um, what was the uh, there was, there was like two others and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like little things like that, that they were like, oh, let's, let's do this. Cause it'll be a funny joke if anybody gets it. Oh, um, clever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, the glass, uh, had like, a the Maltese Fal- Falcon was, uh, one of the glass figures. Okay. Um, there was, uh, there was just some other stuff. I didn't did, pick up any of this. I'm not that it, smart. <laughs> there's a, there's a moment when they zoom in on Andy or Helen and and she kind of strikes a pose and when they're talking about the Mona Lisa. Monet, yeah, or the the Mona Lisa, yeah, smile. Yeah, and then at the very end, the very final shot, they do the same thing. They zoom in, and she's got that that same look. And I, I bet she was trying to to get that Mona Lisa yeah. uh, smile or non smile or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. Uh, in that in that moment, it was, yeah, it's nice. So let me ask you this: 
uh, uh, just a, uh, a question of, of would you do it is is could you burn the Mona Lisa to just to, to prove a point <laughs> like like she did could you take that away from the world because you were so mad at one person yes in in that situation absolutely absolutely okay yeah I, I don't know. I, I mean, I probably would. I, uh, I think I think art is uh, is is mortal, just like uh, anything. And, uh, you know, it, it's there's there's an artist. There's there's a number of artists that 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 uh, I, I can't remember the, what it's called, but it's but it's artwork where they'll, they'll erect something and then it's there for like two weeks and then they tear oh. it down and this yeah, whole yeah. process of it of of it only existing in the moment gives it a different type you know it's like mortal art um this idea it's like that, uh street art street art is like that you know it only yeah. lasts for as long as it's there yeah so this idea that art is immortalized because it exists i think is is foolish i think certainly it's gonna oh. last a certain amount of time but but if if we not, I don't. I, I don't I think would, it's that great of a painting. I don't know. I've never. I, I'm not a big art guy, so I don't know. Like, didn't you ever read Da Vinci Code? Come on, they go into it about what. Oh, no, anyway, there's. I watched the movie. <laughs> but I don't think I, I think read it, it. I don't know if they say it in the movie if they mention it, but in the in the book I remember that. And I'm just I'm just Is teasing. It, yeah, I'm just teasing. Yeah, there's a lot that's written written about <laughs> it, but it does seem kind of and it's it's not very big. I remember because I yeah. I went to the that's the what Louvre. she said. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's, uh, I went to the the Louvre, uh, and I say the Louvre, but I know he. I noticed Miles said the the Louvre, and, and in fact, I even looked it up after he said it that way because I thought they might have been teasing. But that's actually, I guess, how you pronounce it. Oh, uh, okay, Louvre. Um, but anyway, I, I I I say the Louvre. So. I'm sorry. That's, that's what the rest uh, of the world does, probably too. <laughs> but uh, but but I saw it, and I remember I was surprised at it, how small it was. I thought it. I thought it was bigger, <laughs> but I'm not even, I'm not even going to give it. That's what she said. That's just too easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, it just, it was one of those questions that, you know, every, you know, a couple of people asked, could you do it? And I was like, oh, probably, I mean, I, I don't even know if that would have even been my final, like, yeah, I could do that just cause I, I probably would have just killed him. But I love the, the look, the look of agony on his face when he kind of in slow motion kind of goes into this look like, like what's the platoon, the movie when, when he oh. the guy gets shot and he like stands yeah. up like that. It's that same sort of thing, but I, I, <laughs> think agony. I, I think I had got more enjoyment out of this than having her, you know, kill him or something like that, you know, or, you know, just, well, I mean, moment. it's, it's, it's and then that. the way he comes out, he's all, oh, you think you beat me, you know? And he, he, he he's, he's just, flipping out and thinks yeah. and and then she just kind of casually says hey you know you're going to be always be remembered with yeah. the mona lisa <laughs> you know well i mean that that would probably ruin anybody regardless yeah. of how much money you had i mean not only that but with all the other stuff that, that's going to come down yeah he was definitely done but and in in a way yeah she she gets the the you know the in the end credit there kind of like she wins at the end with that one. Yeah. And it, it was interesting that it had such a dramatically, uh, you, you know, with the, the clear, how it exploded and pulled everything up and there were explosions and the fireworks and stuff. It had a very dramatic ending, which 
I wasn't expecting it to, to go there. So it, that was kind of right. fun. It, it, and at this point, you already kind of, the mystery was solved. So it was just kind of a little icing on the cake, I, I thought. And I, I Well, that's, I that's I what I think in the, in the very end, really, once the mystery was solved, I think the movie did take a downturn, which we, is where we get all the, the breaking of stuff and the burning of the Mona Lisa and the, it is it. It's a way to kill the last five ten minutes of the movie, but to it's me, also it's like, to me. To me, it felt uh, original. It felt like an original, unique end of a murder mystery. Is that is that, you know, they've solved it. What are you going to do now? And and you know, you just kind of create a little chaos, a little disruption, and kind of played into that into that idea. The disruptors. Yeah, um, and so it worked. I did think they they broke things a little too long. It lost its. It, it got a little. It drug out. So when you you mentioned you, you kind of checked out, I, I get that. But I but once she threw the clear and everything kind of went up in flames and she went right. running towards the Mona Lisa, I thought that played out really nicely. Yeah, I mean it it, it ended it the way it did. Um, yeah, and then we got the boats coming in. Uh, it was it was a good movie, um, very fun. Uh, I have heard several people watching it multiple times, and I, I could see where this would have a rewatch, not not in a normal rewatch. Uh, accountability where it's like it was so enjoyable i gotta rewatch it just for that but because you want to now that you know what happens you want to catch that stuff in the first half you want to test yourself right it's like sixth sense now that you know uh, oh god right you You, you want to go see the signs (laughs) yeah exactly so uh so i mean i can see and and maybe that's why netflix you know wanted something like this is because they know that you know they, that that's how they get their numbers is is how many times things are played you know every they don't care if it's played in the same house they just care how many times it's 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 started you know that's how they 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 do their numbers essentially is it i yeah and uh i'm pretty sure and really it i guess it just means if they get word of mouth and more people are going to buy subscriptions but how many more people are there that can buy buy that's a good that's a good point. I think it. I, I think it's at this point now where it's not. They're looking at new subscriptions. They're looking at holding the people yeah, they have because they lost a lot of people over the last couple years. I think. Uh, and so maybe it's getting people back. I know they. They. Uh, one of the things they've done, and this is with all streaming services, is that they've they've tried to figure out ways to stop the the password sharing and the the multiple account sharings or or make it. Yeah. Like, hey, we know you're going to share this, but we're going to limit it to you can only have so many or you – I know with some of the stuff I have, like uh, I have uh, the NFL Sunday ticket, I can actually only have it up on one screen at a time. Right. Like so I only one person can log in at a time. Um, so I know there's some other things that are, are working that way. So I don't know if that's what Netflix is doing too. I think it's more about keeping keeping people interested in what they have. Yeah, and there's typically you – know? ways of getting around it they put in little roadblocks here you find another way of getting around it but uh but i th- i think it's fine i mean i people people I, are like ants i you put I, a roadblock in i'm gonna find another way <laughs> i i get frustrated at exclusive i think we've talked about this many times ex- exclusivity when it comes to these streaming right. services like the only way you can watch glass onion is by paying the subscription service i I'd, I'd, I'd rather that you could also get it on amazon for you know 10 bucks. Actually, to, you know, to, I think a lot of those are happening and, now. There's a lot of that's ha- that a lot more of that is happening, yeah. I should say. I'd like I'd like that ability to just get something without although, having to do a subscription. Although, you know what? I kind of I kind of give it to these companies because um, you know, 
you've got to have something that makes you unique in, in, you know, Apple had Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like I probably, I pro- I mean, I ended you up can't, with, you can't watch Ted Lasso without getting Apple. You can't like go to Amazon. You can't, you actually can buy, uh, the, the DVDs and stuff. You now. probably can now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, the, but I mean, it's one of those frame for a while. But I mean, you almost it 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 was the movies. For, that's the movies for a long time. You could only see it in the theaters, and then after that, it was then you had to buy it, and then finally, you know, a year later, it come out to streaming. So it's it's the next evolution of that. So I I get why these companies are doing it. I agree with you. There are so many, and you know what I'm finding, and this is this is a problem I find with having a lot of different services. Is I get on there and I scroll through and I'm like I don't see anything I want to watch almost because there's too much. Yeah, it lo- it loses its charm. Channel surfing kind of is is a, is a way of the <laughs> right. past. Now you can just like you just look for anything you want and it, yeah, it gets. But I I find that I scroll through so I'll scroll through Netflix and I'm like ah well part of it too is is there's a lot of stuff I want to watch that I can't watch with my wife because we don't agree on what to watch all the time right so then I'll jump to another one and try and find something new and there's nothing and then I try and find something new on another one and it's it's just I, we're we're saturated with crap well almost. and now we got our phones too <laughs> I that's what I get I get in the habit of doing is just looking at my feeds my uh, RSS feeds oh, okay. news feeds or things like that and and True. unfortunately that pigeonholes you into this cuz they're all catered towards your taste you know you're not you see you're always going to get the same sort of things when I go onto YouTube and yeah. you know I'm logged in with my Google credentials on YouTube and so I'm always going to get the same the same things you just don't get as much variety which which means if you're of one opinion, you're not going to change your opinion because those opinions keep coming at you. That is, that is true. And if you watch anything to kind of read it, you get a lot of it. And it, it's well, you know, the, the Internet's there to make you angry anymore. Not even not even the other way around. It's it's there to, there to piss you off. You, you so mentioned you passwords. I, I, I uh, when I I did the road trip and I, you know, I parted ways with my brother down in San Diego. So on, on uh, Sunday, I had to drive all the way back up here in one go. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I had my phone and I had audio, what is it? Audible. Um, and I, I had a subscription to Audible a while back and I had a few books on there and, you know, they give you a credit and you have to cash in your credits before you cancel. And I canceled, but I'd cashed in a couple books and I logged into my, or I, I launched Audible on my phone cause I'm driving and I turned and I, and I looked at the library and it had like 300 books. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I realized a few months yeah, back, <laughs> I was with a friend when we went to the gorge together and he oh. had logged into my phone on audible. And I guess he's just an audio audible file. You know, he does all sorts of stuff. So, uh, fortunately there was a book on there that I had just purchased on my Kindle that I was planning on reading. It's a John Grissom one, the boys of Biloxi. And he had recently purchased. It's like, well, hell I'm going to start listening to it here. So nice. that was nice having that saved password. So password sharing comes in handy on audible. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think my books are up to about a hundred on audible. Uh-huh. Um, Probably nothing you'd want to, a, a lot of fantasy and, and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, I love Audible. I, you know, uh, that's that kind of is my my uh, my demon, right, during the week. <laughs> is like, oh, I gotta I can either listen to a book, which is going to probably take me all week, or I can listen to podcasts about our next, what we're doing next. <laughs> and so I have to go back and forth. So I love when we have a, a nice, easy one to do. I uh, don't have to listen to as much, and I can get a book in every once in a while. Nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I love Audible. Uh, Scribe is another good one if you're into audiobooks. Uh, it's a lot cheaper, but they don't have the same selection. But it's not, you don't buy individual books. You kind of just, this is what they have for at the time, and you can listen to as many as you want at that time. So we've got our MCU top, you know, we're going to, we're ranking right. it on, on Wednesday. Have you been listening to a lot of, a lot of podcasts that do the same? Cause I bet there's a lot of people out there that have done this. Um, I have not listened to any directly that have kind of, uh, gone over just specifically like their rank. You know, I've, I've heard a couple in the past that where they'll talk about, Oh, this is my top two, top three kind of thing. Um, I haven't even looked. Uh, there's only a few people that are a few podcasts that I would even really care about their opinion on this one. <laughs> um, no, and, and, and it's not, it's not that I don't like a lot of other podcasts. I do like to hear what other people have to say, but when it comes down to like ranking the movies, um, I kind of want to, I kind of want to go off my own. And, yeah. and the reason I, yeah. I listen to podcasts is to get what other people, what other opinions other than my own might be on some of these. So this is kind of one where I'm going to probably come more off, off the cuff on my own. Uh, as to what I feel, and and that's where I think that you know I'll probably differ from from some of the other mainstream people, and I, I'm sure I, I I have a feeling we may have all different number ones. Just off off the off the cuff, I'm gonna I, I would think that we probably I think you and I have already shared our number one, and and it's it's different, and yeah, I I, I wouldn't be I I'm not even sure I I'm I'm torn right now because I my top three are a, a toss up, like time and day will change them. Um, and so and that's uh, fair. I think, well, I think, I think that's, you know, we grow, we, we revert, yeah. we, you know, we change, <laughs> we change right. and it's, it's fair that our, our, uh, our favorites or our opinions are going to evolve. And, and that's the other thing is like, sometimes to me, uh, when I, when I rate number one, uh, or it's conditioned, what I, <laughs> it's condi- it, is yeah. like, are we just talking best rewatchable? Are we talking like best story uh one that has the most meaning because some of the best shows in there are not the best rewatchable ones right right and some of the most some of the ones that are like oh my god it's so crazy it's like yeah but i really enjoyed this one much more (laughs) so yeah uh but yeah i I, i'm kind of interested and and i know we're we're kind of keeping it separate from each other and and hopefully i'm going to try and uh I'm trying to put a little spreadsheet together that I'm going to fill out as we go and, and see if I can get an overall ranking with the, the, the four votes in there to see what comes out, one, two, three, and four. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of curious if it'll be uh, 23. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, I, I'm not even positive on what mine is. I think I know um, offhand, but uh, I, it, we never do know, you know, because everybody has a little bit different different taste so it'll be fun yeah i have a feeling it's gonna be a long one just because of the amount of content we're gonna cover um but it it should be fun so that'll be next week uh and and hopefully if you're a a loyal listener it'll be really quick because this was a kind of a delayed one we we weren't able to get one out last week because of of different things here and there uh so this will be I'll release this tomorrow, and then the day after that, we'll be doing the next one. So that'll be – it'll just be a, a Tuesday release and then a Thursday release. So. Right. Yep. Awesome. And hopefully you are a loyal listener. You're still with us listening to this. Uh, you haven't got bored by us and went, what the hell's wrong with these guys? <laughs> uh, and you'll join us again next week where – our couple days from now uh, when we do our MCU in review – uh, ranking all 23 of the first three phase movies. Yep, with Bo from, and Nina joining us. So, uh, yeah, the gang will be here. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I think we should do uh, 23 drinks each and uh, just have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it all in one uh, shaker and shaking it all up together. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I, I know uh, Bo had some questions on there, and it was like, what was your favorite drink? And man, I was like, God, I'd have to go back and look at the list and see because I've had, I've actually, I've only had a couple stinkers, so I, I would have a hard harder time picking one I really liked or, or, or my favorite more than one that was probably not very good. Yeah. I wonder, so. I have a favorite drink, but I don't know if it was from one of the MCU movies or not. So it <laughs> might be from something True. Else. Oh, that's a good, that's a good, good point too. Yeah. I know. Well, what I've been drinking lately, uh, I'm not sure is from a MCU, but I think it was from one of ours. Yeah. So we'll okay. see. Good. All right. Sounds good. Uh, with that, we'll uh, see you all later. So hail Caesars. Hail Caesars. What does that mean?